0: Welcome to the Artelligence Podcast. I'm Marion Manicker, and we're going to explore the mysteries of the global art market. This week, we're going to spend a little bit of time with Artnet's Thierry Dumoulin. Artnet has a new relationship with TFAF. Thierry is going to explain a little bit how that's going to work. But first, let's talk about the impressionist and modern sales that took place last week in London. Colin Glidell, who writes for The Telegraph and Artnet, is going to give us his impressions of the sales. Colin, let's start with the five Monets.
1: Yeah, the Monets were obviously a big feature for Sotheby's, a big feature of the whole week. There were five of them at Sotheby's, uh, some of them under guarantee, but they, they covered the span of his career, you know, from the uh, 1860s up into the 20th century. Um, the, the top estimated lot was a Venetian view from 1908 and that had a guarantee and an estimate of 20 to 30 million um, that was pushing the boat out a bit for a Venetian picture, only one had made anything near that price before um, and it, disappointingly, only got one bid but I gather there was a little condition problem, maybe um, but even so, um I think they'd probably uh stretched th- on that one uh there just wasn't enough a uh, depth of bidding for it at that price
0: and there wasn't there wasn't a lot of demand either for the uh Poplars uh painting that MoMA was deaccessioning or even for the very early uh Monet
1: yeah um I don't really understand the, 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 the price for the poplars. Um, that was, there was bidding for it. It was, um, sold within the estimate. Um, and, um, and, uh, it was a, a U.S. phone bidder, um, bidding against, uh, Mr. David Copperfield, the magician. So, um, but, uh, yeah, so 10.1 million may be, um, Maybe they hope for a, a bit more um, the other one the view of Antibes, um that was quite interesting that had been um on the market uh, maybe in ninety nine made about five point three million u s dollars um there was some there was some bidding on that, and the interesting thing was it looked like the bidding was coming from Asia and Russia. And this is where uh, the Impressions Department are looking for for a new market to to lift things, um, and they got it there. Uh, looked like a Russian buyer got it, uh, paid 8.8 million dollars, uh, pound. Sorry, that's uh, just over 13 million dollars. It wasn't a bad return for for the, for the owner. Um, so. That one did surprisingly well I thought. So there was the other Monet, wasn't that there? Sorry, while we're talking about Monet. Yeah. There was the, the the early one, the Embarcader, which um Bill Aquavella bought. Um and he got that for pretty you know, not not an awful lot more than it cost in nineteen eighty nine. So this says a lot about the 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 Monet market, the impressionist market. In nineteen eighty nine it was it was like the contemporary market is today, you know, in overdrive. Um, That painting made $11 $11 million, sold to a Japanese buyer, and um, it's now come back onto the market and hasn't made an awful lot more since then. Um, So uh, what's happened is there's been a a kind of shift in in taste with Monet, so that the, the late pictures now, the water lilies all make the top price, and the early ones like this, um, are not so much in demand as they as as they uh, um, used to be.
0: So, so it is about taste. It's just uh, uh, the the most demand works are the ones that um, relate more to a contemporary sensibility of, you know that almost shift towards abstraction and the scale.
1: Yeah, it's it's what people refer to as fashion, I guess. Um,
0: nothing nothing wrong with fashion. I mean that's. Ultimately, what drives the the art market is taste, and uh, uh, it's good for those who are searching for the thing that's not uh, of the fashion. They get a better price. Uh, Speaking of which, uh, you know, there was that Malevich, um, which seemed very much not of the fashion, but was one of the most exciting lots uh, of the week. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more what the story is behind it? Is it just because it's a self-portrait and an early work or is uh, there something yeah, else? I, I, I can tell a, a little
1: bit. I mean, it's interesting that it was put in an impressionist sale and, and not a um, um, a Russian art sale because I think uh, it was Russian bidding that drove the price. Um, when it was last up for auction, I think it, it made something like 250,000 or something pounds. Um and um there were two people in the in in the room bidding for uh wealthy russian collectors and they just drove the price up to what what is it 1.5 million
0: uh, um yeah uh, it was it was well, well well above that uh i think I mean, it sold it's for because five. it was
1: a self portrait
0: yep uh
1: it's probably not what a, a museum would would want from malevich um but for a um, a russian collector a self-portrait by malevich is obviously highly desirable it was interesting to see the two slugging it out looking very puzzled
0: <laughs>
1: uh where the competition was coming from
0: it also seemed like the um there in that same sale there was um a rodin a uh, a little small one that also sort of was on fire and no one could really figure out what was going on and i think you pointed out that it had just been bought recently at a more obscure sale for quite a bit less that's right yeah
1: yeah it was bought in in virginia um in in usa uh it not a, a a typical a classic image by rodin but they bought it very cheaply uh cleverly placed it in in this sale and um and it made a much better price. So um, there is still opportunities for people to to buy cleverly and make money in this market. It's not a weak market. It's a strong one. A lot of you, dealers I spoke to who wanted to bid in that sale, and they just couldn't even get a bid in.
0: You, I think, pointed out that it went to an Asian buyer, uh, correct? I think there was
1: an Asian bidder on the telephone for that. Yeah.
0: yeah. There was quite, the,
1: uh, there was quite a, a fair amount of Asian bidding, not so much Russian bidding this time around as you'd expect, um, just a few select lots like the Malievitz or Shogal, one of the Monets. Um, but there was Asian bidding um, pretty much across the board, yeah, especially in the surrealist sale at, at Christie's. That was a, a really new development to see. Uh, lines of of, of, of uh, representatives of christies um from hong kong and japan uh, bidding on surrealist pictures most successful surrealist sale that's ever been
0: uh, the two sales broke down as uh, uh sotheby's doing quite well with an impressionist uh works and um christie's doing much better with surrealist works
1: yeah yeah I mean um that there are two explanations to this you know one is that they just had the better works and one of the reasons for this was that they had two, two collections um, um, one one very fresh to market, the other not so fresh but ex- excellent um uh, examples um and they'd come to christie's i think because uh, Christie's have the best surrealist specialist um in Olivier Camus, and m- much of this, uh, you know, division of spoils is to is to do with the personnel in the auction rooms. You've got someone like Olivier, you tend to go to with, uh, you know, your best surrealist works. Um, Sotheby's had the, have traditionally had the stronger impressionist sales, and they have a very strong, experienced team led by Melanie Claude, who's very well connected. She knows her stuff, and she uh, and her team work very hard, and uh, um, they're rewarded by um, better results in that department as they are in New York.
0: And, and they're also, I think, somewhat uh, uh, being rewarded by the rising interest in Miro as a, a sort of top-rank uh, painter because it, it was two Miro's did quite well uh, uh, for them and really, you know, uh, boosted the top of that sale.
1: Yeah, the Christie sale um, that the Miro's came out did well as, um, there was the top lot was, was um, took a few people by surprise, but it, the, the, the interesting thing about them was that they were all from the, the uh, from the 1950s. Um, the st- strongest area of the Miro market has, has always been the 1920s and early 30s, yep. and it, maybe it still is. But um, these were, uh, it was pointed out to us, was, were the highest prices ever paid for for Miro Miro's work of the 50s so something's definitely happening there
0: well it it does seem like this is a market where people are are looking for um overlooked or quirky or you know uh, things that are not uh, heavily competed over the, you know the there was a time, and, and we're just looking at the you know, you know, the Giacometti sales in in, in this, where uh, I think you pointed out that there was a Giacometti that had basically sold for um, the same price that was paid for it a few uh, years ago. Uh, uh, you know, there was the other uh, one that uh, did quite well, but even maybe those are good comparisons that, you know, here's a Femme de, de Venise that basically sells for $10 million or 10 million pounds can't remember which, but but for the same price over the last few, few years but this other um, casting of a, a, a head of Diego that is not normally seen was the one that, that caught bidders and um, seemed to have the competition going over it.
1: Yeah, sure, uh, yeah, that's 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 an interesting observation but, you, you know, the, I think maybe the, the Femme de Venise uh, had been on the market not so long ago and it's less easy to sell something that's been on the market relatively recently, whereas the Little Diego had never been at auction, and it's in an edition of six, but uh, how many from that edition have ever been sold at auction? Hardly any. Whereas the Thumb to there are plenty from that edition that have been sold. So, in a sense, the Little one um, was more of a find, more of a, a bargain, and it was, so as a result, you know, there was more com- competition over it. I happen to think it was a, a more successful sculpture as well, but um,
0: uh, Well, don't don't let uh, actual um, taste and judgment <laughs> affect the price. That's, that's not what we're here for. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. they don't listen to me anyway. <laughs> um, but Uh, without looking at it in a detailed way, but just from the impression of of, uh, watching the sales, it felt like the real competition uh, where where there are multiple bidders was for these uh, lower estimated, maybe less obvious works.
1: Things that look relatively undervalued, yeah.
0: Which just suggests it's a different kind of market or different phase for this market. Uh, uh, then, uh, uh, at other times, you know, when there was a, a period where only the best works, you know, attracted, uh, 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 the bidders or the bulk of the sale came from. You yeah, know, you're absolutely
1: right. It. Uh, Marion, you're really right because if you look at the results of the data sales too, I mean, 85% selling, um, all, everything within estimates is, uh, um, you know, you're not getting crazy prices, but you, you, the demand is there and it's very widespread. They said 52 countries bidding in a day sale at one of the sale rooms, and and that's almost the same as it is for a contemporary uh, sale
0: yeah i mean it it does feel like this is a market that we don't give enough credit right because because there's not some big headline of you know a crazy number uh we 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 tell ourselves that oh it's um it's moribund but yet you know the 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 these are record sales they've had and they seem to be fairly you know w- widespread and the um the estimates seem to be very well done. You know, they they, they actually have the right numbers on the works, uh, uh, not too high, not too low.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. I mean, there were no really major blockbusters there. There were of their kind. There was a little Sierra drawing that made nine million. You, you know, um, but you know, where was the hundred million dollar Picasso? Very few Picassos in that in that sale. Very very few major ones. Um, um, well, there weren't any, um, um, so it's kind of swings and roundabouts. And I don't think, you know, I asked, was are they are then so few Picasso big Picasso's because of this scare of the daughter selling so much work from a state? And he said, no, it's got nothing to do with it. It's uh, they just haven't come up this time around.
0: Uh, um, so there was a there was a period not so long ago where where a third of the sale uh you know here in New York yeah. in an evening sale were well, Picasso works. I think it's yeah, just like a you know, cycle. Country. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Um
1: so, you know, these sales, um are, um Marion are, are uh, amongst the highest ever f- for London. Um, I think the sale rate, the sale through rate was what was really impressive. Um how little was unsold and um uh that that really indicates how strong the market was and and that it that it is very global um the sotheby's had their best sale ever in london christie's about their second best sale ever in london um to me it, it this looks uh, th- this looks very strong and you don't know what's going on behind the scenes, what they're doing in private sales. And when you say they're no blockbusters at auction, and then there's the news breaks today that uh, a Go sold for 300 million um, in a private sale. So um, I think the idea that the Impressionist market is dead is is really incorrect. I mean, it's, it's very alive in one sense. Okay, the sales, sales rooms weren't as full as you get in a contemporary sale. It's like uh, in those, you know, you can hardly get into the room. And But here, you know, there, there was room. Um, there wasn't a, didn't have any sort of sense of feverishness about it. Um, but there were, um, you know, a lot of strong bidding and very few BIs.
0: Yeah, it, it it certainly seems you know they've the uh, they've taken the works to Asia uh and Russia so they they are marketing them aggressively uh to this global audience and they seem to be getting the benefit of the work that they put into it.
1: Sure, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. They are both uh, I think the touring is quite important um particularly to Hong Kong at the moment. Um uh, I think they pick up quite a lot of new bidders um, in, in these sales.
0: You know, and I think also they're making an investment in future sales. Uh, I mean, if 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 we're witnessing some sort of a quiet expansion of the uh, Impressionist and modern market, uh, the benefit of all of these buyers will be more people coming coming in behind them and a sense of that you know when you see a 300 million dollar price for a Gauguin, it reminds a lot of the people who have maybe not 300 million to spend on a painting but millions to spend on a painting that yeah, this yeah. is a place also, with, with real value. when you when
1: when you see 147 US dollars on a francis bacon triptych or 80 million for a Warhol or a Rothko, <clears throat> you have to think um someone who's interested in impressionist and modern art will think, well, um, maybe I can get more for my money in this market.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, Colin, I I know you have to go, and I know you have a very busy week next week ahead of you. So uh, thank you for taking the time with me.
1: Uh, It's a a pleasure, Marion. Keep up the good work.
0: Now let's talk to Terry Dumoulin, the director of marketing at ArtNet, about their new partnership with TFAP. Terry, are these new pages only going to be available during the Art Fair?
2: Yes. Well, the idea is uh, for this site, for this destination, to live for long after the uh, long after the fair. So. It's up already, so what is it now, a few weeks before the, three weeks before the uh, the fair, but uh, the site will be up for one year, and who knows, obviously, we're hoping that uh, uh, we will be uh, renewing that partnership with them next year, but for now, uh, the site is up already and it will be up for a whole year, and galleries will be able to continue to list uh, the artworks that they have at the fair, but also if they want to list new artworks uh, after that. Uh, that said, the, uh, one of the great aspects of this is that uh, if you're looking for something in particular, a particular kind of artwork or particular uh, particular artist, we make it very easy for you to find that gallery or that artist. But what the site also does is it puts all the artworks and the exhibitors and the fairs in uh, in context. So you don't just have the uh, the listing of the galleries and all that, but you also get uh, access, for instance, to tickets. You can buy tickets from there you can buy you can look at the the floor plan and various other things and uh, another important part is the editorial content uh, that we are going to feature uh, and that has started already. We've got uh, several articles that have been written by our team from uh, from our net news, of course. Uh, One of them is the perspective of uh, uh, Hervé Aaron uh, Aaron, uh, from uh, from France on what to expect uh, at T5 2015. We've got our own perspective, uh, and we even published, I think this morning or yesterday, uh, an article from Simon de Piri on uh, on his take on on T5 and why it continues to be such such an important fair.
0: And will there be live coverage uh, of the fair itself?
2: there will be plenty of live coverage of the of the fair itself you know we have a global uh global team of editorial writers and uh, we'll have writers from germany and from the uk actually in uh, in Maastricht, uh going to the the fair i think we'll have three writers actually covering the uh the fair uh, starting obviously on the, uh, the the vip preview day and going on through the uh, through the fair so we'll have editorial coverage which will be relayed through this site and of course, of great value to uh, to TFAP and to uh, most importantly to all the participating exhibitors is that all that coverage will be relayed on our news platform, which gets over uh, one million visitors uh, a month, so that amplifies greatly uh what the uh what the galleries want to showcase at the at the, the fair and we'll also push that through our, our vast uh social media platform. Of course uh we have for instance over seven hundred thousand followers on Twitter so we'll be able to through the day through the days at T five break news and uh and publish them around the world to in the case of Twitter, just where alone, seven hundred thousand people.
0: And are these um uh, uh galleries uh new to the gallery platform i mean you 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 have run for many years at uh, artnet a gallery network it's it's somewhat uh disappeared in public consciousness but it certainly hasn't gone away as a business for you are these these mostly galleries who were previously participated or are they uh new to the program
2: it's a, it's a combination of both uh the gallery network continues to be certainly uh one of the uh, the flagship products of uh, of artnet it continues to be the biggest of its uh, the biggest of its kind uh in a, ever since it was launched in uh, in 1995 and to the day it's still the uh, the biggest platform and the uh, uh this uh mix of galleries of course not every gallery that exhibits at uh, at tfap is already a gallery member but but they will all be able to uh, participate in this platform, whether or not they're members of, uh, of the ArtNet gallery network. And I would estimate that about, probably about 25 to 30 percent of those uh, galleries were already members of, uh, of ArtNet. So they were already taking advantage of our gallery network. So, so
0: does this mark sort of a, a renewed focus or revival of the gallery network as a sort of part of the ArtNet strategy? Uh
2: well I would disagree a little bit with your with your perspective in a way that uh certainly to us it's never lost its uh its priority. Obviously we were uh the pioneer in this field, uh just like we were the pioneers in the field of the uh, of the price database. So it is true that this product has been around for a long time. In fact it is going to celebrate its uh tenth uh, anniversary this year, uh but it remains a very, very important part of the uh, of the suite of services that we uh, that we provide, right? Because that is what I believe really makes ArtNet unique. It's the combination of our various lines of business. So you have the price database that was sort of the foundation of the business and then the gallery network that was built on top of that in, uh, and started in 95. Then, of course, the auctions platform that was added to that in 2008, and uh, we're about to celebrate in a few weeks the uh, the first anniversary of our uh, news platform. So the gallery network is an essential part of that suite of of services. So what what I think we've managed to pull off is uh, the the convergence of content and e-commerce. We've created the one destination, the only one you need to go to, certainly in my mind, where collectors, dealers, if you're an artist or anybody else, you can find uh Not just gallery and auction inventory, but also the price information, also the uh, the news that put all that in uh, in context, and each business segment reinforces the others. so if you're a gallery and you're a member of our of our platform, uh some of the the benefits you get happen organically, where we get so much traffic for to our news platform, for instance, as I said, over one million visitors a month. Uh, as those people come to the news platform, they then also browse the site and they discover some of the uh, artworks. Uh, that are made available by uh, by the galleries, but we also very proactively behind the scenes kind to connect the dots between what we see in one segment of the business and another. So we look at what people look up in the, uh, the searches they do in the, the price database, for instance, and we're able to inform them if they're looking for a particular kind of work or a particular artist, we're able to connect the dots for them and point them in the direction of Uh, the galleries that are on our platform and that have works available by that particular artist that they're looking at in one of those, uh, one of those products.
0: Yeah. I I think what I was trying to say is it just hasn't been, Uh, uh, something that has been the focus of publicity uh, or an emphasis, especially when there have been other uh, platforms uh, that have debuted in the last few years. Uh, It's not like you guys have pushed this out as an alternative to those, whether it's the VIP Art Fair or other platforms that have done something sort of similar to what you're doing uh, or have been doing with the gallery platform for a decade, as you said
2: right i guess you might be right that it hasn't been our focus in terms of uh in terms of publicity but it certainly has continued to be one of our top focuses uh i guess in terms of uh making sure that the uh, that the gallery network is really geared towards providing uh traffic and leads for our, for our gallery members and we've continued to take a series of initiatives that help make that happen uh for instance Uh, we've completely redesigned the, the platform itself, right? So if you visit, if you go to artnet.com and you visit our gallery platform, you'll see a beautifully, uh, redesigned sign, redesigned site, excuse me, with uh you know expanded functionality, it, it looks amazing, uh it, it makes the it sets the artworks in a beautiful, uh beautiful context. So redesigning the website, for instance, was an important part of of uh us promoting the uh, uh the gallery network even if we don't necessarily publicize it as much as we uh, as much as we should. But uh the reality continues to be that it's I think it's our second uh, highest uh, revenue generating product. So it's a very successful uh product and that platform f- is still today the biggest of its kind by far. We have more members than uh, than anybody else, and certainly more traffic and more visitors than uh, than anybody else. We have over 1.5 million visitors a month, over 2.3 million sessions, over 10 million page views a month, and all that is ultimately geared towards. Uh, generating, uh, awareness and visibility and ultimately leads for the, uh, for the galleries that are a member of the, uh, of the platform. So it's certainly not that it, uh, that we, we thought of it as taking a step back in any way, uh, shape or form. And, and as I said, it's an essential component of sort of a virtuous cycle of offering more artworks on our platform through the galleries, through the auctions. Uh, which draws more collectors, who of course come to our site also for the for the price database. And once you have more buyers, then you have more sellers who come on the uh, on the site as well. And the uh, the gallery network is certainly a very important part of that uh, of that chain.
0: And will this uh, uh, first fair be the harbinger of other fairs, or is it you'll you'll see how things go with? Um uh, with TFAS before uh, assessing?
2: Yeah, absolutely, this is definitely uh, something that we're going to do again. So we're starting with uh, starting with TFAF, so obviously one of the, the world's most respected and most important uh, fairs, uh, but we already have another agreement in place uh with uh another very big and very major fair that will take place in the in the next few months sadly i've got to uh, w- we'll make an official announcement on that in the uh, in the next few weeks so i can't tell you just yet uh who that is but uh this certainly isn't uh the last of its kind uh we're not going to do it with every fair by uh, by far we we intend this to be uh, I guess a, a somewhat exclusive uh, product. It's a big commitment on our part because we're going to have uh, significant editorial coverage of the uh, of the fairs. So we can't do it with uh, uh, with many fairs, but we certainly aim to do it with many of the top fairs. Yes,
0: uh, Terry, thank you so much for taking the time.
2: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to
2: the Artelligence
0: Podcast. Visit us at artmarketmonitor.com.